1: Good afternoon. Happy Friday to you and yours. December the 2nd, the year 2022. Hope you're having a fabulous day. It's a Chamber of Commerce Day today. Spring like temperatures. The sun is out. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Great start to the weekend. How will LSU play against Georgia? Oh, there's not. Not many people believe in LSU can can hang in there. Not many people thinking they can even cover the spread. Uh, We shall see. We got a busy football Friday plan for yours. All because all guided by uh, the man in the master control uh, suite um, producing this venture. And that's my main man, James Mesh he's spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB. <coughs> Pardon me, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles, 1041 FM. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can turn on your television set, match the um, voice with a face, because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber.
0: Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines.
1: Well, the LSU Tigers will be flying out at around 2.45 this afternoon to head to Atlanta to take on the... Uh, Number one ranked team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, Tigers will fly out exactly at 245. Uh no, they depart for the campus at 245. They depart Baton Rouge at uh, 4 o'clock. They arrive in Atlanta at 525 Eastern time. They'll go and take go immediately to immediately to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a walkthrough and all that kind of stuff. And then they will be um, back to the hotel, which is the Hilton, Atlanta downtown. The Hayes in the Barn. Now you just got to go and play. So Brian Kelly was asked about this week's preparation for the SEC championship game. Help us in our performance. And,
2: um, you know, it's not just what we do on the practice field. It's the decisions that we make away from the field. Uh, it's, it's all the things that we do relative
1: to <laughs> nutrition, sleep, um, the training room. Uh, film study and uh, our guys are building better habits with that and that's really what this has been about it's it's how they think about it and it's the habits that they've been building relative to their preparation and we've come a long way quite frankly and um, this week uh, they've been very intentional uh, understanding how important it is playing you know georgia the best team in the country um, that those habits have to be really good uh, if they want the kind of performance that they're looking for Okay, which tells me they've eaten good, they've gotten sleep. Um, Now they've just got to get their emotions to a crescendo at the right time, and then they've got to go out in there and play football. Kirby Smart under the Nick Saban tree. I remember Kirby when he was um, low man on the totem pole at LSU. And uh, worked his way up and has earned his skins on the walls, got a national championship. He was asked about what he's seen lately out of this LSU football team.
3: Yeah, they got a lot of talent, uh, a a lot of really fast athletic players. When you look across the skill level of of both sides of the ball for them, uh, they got great size and great speed. Um, They got one of the most physical offensive lines we've played. Um, they're they're really really talented in the red area defensive area and red area offense, which we worked on hard yesterday, and then third down as well. They're they're really uh, uh, they do a great job offensively on third down because they, they they don't get in very many third and long situations.
1: Kirby Smart told the truth. LSU has tremendous athletes, no question about it. And if they play their very very best. They've got a shot at this thing. They really do. Georgia doesn't beat themselves. Georgia's the veteran team. Georgia has that uh, cachet about them. Again, I think it's very important that LSU stay in the game early. Hang in there. Let's get to the fourth quarter uh, with a ball game. And then we'll see as the pressure mounts. LSU's played in some pressurized games down to the wire. Um, Georgia's kind of Yeah, other than the Missouri game, but that was really never in doubt. They've just kind of cruised on through. So... Uh, we shall see. We'll have many, many, many thoughts on that ball game uh, later on uh, in the show. Last night, Thursday night football, the Buffalo Bills beat the New England Patriots 24 to 10. Um, they led 17-7 at the half, a scoreless third. Buffalo Ops scored New England 7-3. to 3. Um, Matt Jones had a little outburst on the sidelines. His frustrations got the best of him. He was 22 of 36 for a buck 95, one touchdown, no interception was sacked once for a loss of 13 yards, um, Josh Allen for the Bills, twenty-two of thirty-three, two hundred and thirty-two yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked twice, uh, didn't lose any yardage. His QBR was ninety point two. Jones's QBR forty point seven. The Bills are legit. They're nine and three overall. The Patriots are at six and six. As this week of great college football game, uh, NFL football games, uh, got underway. Our guest list, the normal normal crowd shuffles in. Uh, Corey Diaz from the Daily Advertiser USA Today Network will join us. with some really, really good. Uh, we're down to the semifinals in high school football. And there are five uh, marquee matchups that involve Acadiana area schools. We'll go over those with him. Larry Holder of The Athletic will join us as well. He will talk about the Saints, and this weekend in the NFL, some really great games. Blake Topmeyer of the USA Today Network, he covers the SEC, will join us live from Atlanta in the 3 o'clock hour, and we'll get his thoughts on this SEC championship game. Um. George Faust of KLFY Sports will join us at his normal time slot on a Friday, Fridays with Faust. Uh, we'll talk about a myriad of things with him and then George Becknell, James Mesh and I will pick our uh, we'll give you our picks for the big championship weekend games. Uh, You know, you heard about, you saw the absurdity back in the day of Mike Tyson biting off the ear of Evander Holyfield. Well, now we have another little accusation, another little uh, situation where in Biloxi, Mississippi, a 51-year-old by the name of Mark Wells has been accused of getting into an altercation with his playing partner after a round of golf and then went on to bite off the other man's nose in the casino parking lot later in the day. Wells was charged with felony mayhem. He walked out of jail within an hour of booking after paying 10% of his $50,000 bond. Well, okay. So if he paid the 5,000, that tells me he beat the dude in golf. What's he getting all mad about and biting the guy's nose off? According to WXXVTV, the nose was not found at the scene. The victim was taken to the hospital. So did Mark Wells bite off the nose and swallow the nose? I I mean, what do you do? Uh, According to the Biloxi Sun-Herald, Wells faces up to seven years in prison if convicted of the felony, which state law defines as a premeditated Crime committed with the intent to kill, in which the suspect mutilates, disfigures, is able to destroy someone's tongue, eye, lip, nose, limb, or another body part. Dude, anger management. You got to go take a course in that. Biting off the nose. Wow. Okay. Anyway, that's your uh, um, unbelievable story for the day. Uh, If you're needing to grab some Christmas gifts, then look no further than AcadianaDeals.com. Right now, you can score a discounted rate for vouchers to Bayou Pop Gourmet Popcorn. They've got more than 40 flavors. All right. Mudcat Whiskers, where you can get handcrafted beard grooming products. And Emmy's Ice Cream Bar, which offers up Supreme Ice Cream. I mean, not just good, but supreme ice cream you can get an additional 50 percent off this week only just use the discount code delta 50 that's delta the number five the number zero delta five zero to score an additional discount at acadianadeals.com don't delay this offer ends friday at midnight so go visit acadianadeals.com right now now, okay, so we've got uh, we got you covered the rest of the way. Guests galore, lots of fun things to talk about. We'll get things kicked off on this football Friday with semifinals in the LHSAA high school football playoffs. Corey Diaz will give his expert opinions when we return to the Jordy Helper show here on the game 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the SEC Championship Bound LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday
0: at 8:15 a.m. and 315 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, we're back. 16 minutes after the hour. I, I, I really believe this is the most difficult game in the high school football playoffs because you're you can smell that 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 Superdome in front of you, and nobody wants to get their season cut off on the precipice of getting in there. But that's where we are. It's semifinal Friday night. Uh, seven teams in Acadiana remain in the playoffs, hoping to earn their spot. In Caesars Superdome next week. I think the semifinals are the toughest ones. I really, really, really do. Uh, Let's get our first guest in for the day in the leadoff role. He is with um, USA Today and the Lafayette Daily Advertiser, Mr. Corey Diaz, and his thoughts on the semifinal playoff matchups in Acadiana. Corey, thanks for the time, man. How are you?
4: Hey Jordy, doing well, man. Uh, how are you guys?
1: No, we're doing terrific. Um, nobody wants to see it end so quickly, but this—that's why I think these are the most uh, most stressful games of the year for those that are remaining.
4: Yeah, no, you don't want to. Uh, man, talk about you know the biggest heartbreak you could have during a high school football season, right? Is, is getting basically one game away, one win away, and, and falling short. Um, you know, when I was in high school and playing high school basketball, we we, we fell one win short of making the playoffs. It would have been the first time our basketball program had made the playoffs in ten years, and uh, I still remember vividly uh, the the initial rush of, of of just sadness and those feelings that, that wash over you. So, um, yeah. you know, so to those kids that that unfortunately lose lose the game tonight, I I know what they're feeling. It's a really tough. Really, really tough situation. Um, but you know, there will also be a team on the other on the other sideline that will that will be uber excited and uh, will have an opportunity to potentially win a, a, a state championship trophy the following weekend in
1: New Orleans. Huh. All right. Well, let's get to some of the big matchups. Um, Westgate knocked off Neville last week to advance to the semifinals. They're ten and three. They're the tenth seed. They got to go to Destrahan, the number three seed, who's been perfect. They're twelve and zero in the non-select Division One breakdown. Um, what do you think of this one?
4: Yeah. Look, I'll, you know, Westgate to me was uh, coming out of the quarterfinals. I think it was. They had the most surprising performance for me. Um, you know, I thought with what Neville brought down last week, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, not many teams all year long had done you know really much of anything against Neville's defense. Um, and and Westgate, wow, um, you know Jabari Antoine at quarterback and, and Amaz Eugene had a big game out wide. Uh, you know, uh, Dedrick uh, Latoulis, uh had another big game. I mean, they were. They were able to spread the ball around and find some creases and some space, you know, in Neville's defense, and scored just enough points uh, last week to win and get to the semifinals. And and look, Jordy Destrahan, um, I know they're the three seed, but uh, I, you know, if the if the athletic association didn't uh, change their, um, you know, their their format for the playoffs this year, they probably would. I think the lowest would have been a two seed in the old yeah. format. They could have possibly. Those the overall one seed in Class 5A, they're that good. Um, yeah. I think I think defensively, I think they're averaging giving up less than six points per game. Uh, they've got just athletes all over the field offensively. It's it's a tough draw for Westgate. Obviously, they have a lot of momentum going right now, um, but going on the road, playing at Destrahan, that's a really tough place to win a football game.
1: I'm with you. I, I,
4: I think Destrahan just just ekes that one out against Westgate and gets to the uh, gets to Division One. Not
1: select. They came. is uh, really good. Tough, tough to beat at their place. Let's go uh, to the Select Division and Select Division Four. Fourth seeded Saint Martin's Episcopal, they're eleven and one at number one. Vermilion Catholic, twelve and zero with a defense that might be the best in the state statistically.
4: Yeah, here's your name, Jordy. Uh, Harlem Berry. He is St. Martin's star running back. He is only a sophomore. This is a guy who I've made a couple of calls around the state uh, this week uh, just leading up to this game just to kind of get a feel for who he is. Uh, Everyone I've talked to said this guy will be playing on Saturdays for an SEC team in two years. Uh, He's that good. Uh, so this is going to be a huge test for Vermillion million Catholic defense. Uh, talk about, you know, again, potentially the best defense in the state this year. I mean, less than less than four points a game. I mean, it, it's unheard of. Wow. Uh, wow. And it's a big, big test for them to slow down uh, Harlem Berry tonight. But, you know, they, they have faced some good running backs this year, and they, I don't think they'll be shocked or surprised uh, by anything that St. Martins will want to do offensively. And uh, you know, and that's the thing. When your defense is that good, all you need do, all you need for your offense to do is to score, you know, once or twice, and that's usually enough. And that's kind of what they've done the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, beat Southern La for the first time ever last week in the quarterfinal, 17 to seven. You know, offense scored just enough points to, to allow the defense to go out there and do its thing. And and uh, here they are in the semifinals. And and I and I think Vermillion Catholic will will win tonight. They'll get to the Superdome next week. Uh, It's going to be the first time, I believe, in nine years that they've gotten back to the Superdome. So they'll be excited about that.
1: Good for them. All right. uh, Corey Diaz with us. Let's go to select division two, a rematch of last season's semifinal matchup. E.D. White, 11 and one. They they won the matchup with St. Thomas More a year ago, 31 to 21. This time it's at St. Thomas More. The Cougs are 11 and one as well. Um, Boy, this has all the makings of a, a really, really close, good one. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think, I think both sides, I mean, this is, um, you know, in any other year, this potentially could have been your, you know, your division II, uh select state football championship game, you know, uh, I think both teams are, are that good. Uh, I think they're both uh, championship caliber. Uh, you know, St. Thomas Moore, you know, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, when they moved into the new district and with you know, Lafayette Christian and Turlings and North Vermilion and Westgate, you know, it was a murderer's row in their district and, I think some people around the state thought that you know St. Thomas More would be good, but maybe not quite this good. And um, you know they've they've continued to, to kind of just really mind their own business, go about go about themselves. And, and obviously, it's got them the one seed in their bracket and, and into the semifinals. And um, you know when you got a guy like Christian McNeese outside that you can you know loft the ball up to, he goes up and always makes a play. And, and uh, mm-hmm. Sam Altman, you know, shared some time at quarterback with Will Taylor earlier this year. He's emerged at that quarterback spot for SBM and, and has played really well uh, the last handful of weeks for them and has really sort of powered them through this run. Um, you know, I, I think I think it continues for STM tonight. I think they just get by E.D. White. You're right, Jordy. It's going to be really close. It's going to come down to the, either the last possession or the last second, um, but I do see the, the, the Cougars moving on, getting to the state uh, championship game. Uh, once again, it seems like they're there every year and um, you know, it's going, be, it's going to be a good
1: one over there tonight. I'm with you. Um, St. Thomas more at home. Uh, I like that home field advantage at times as well. Um, wow. Um, select Division one. Um Karen Crowe, fresh off of a uh, uh, road win against Warren Eastern. They're the eighth seed um, at 9-2. But, man, Brother Martin out of New Orleans, uh, they have been – yeah, you know, sometimes you catch lightning in a the bottle. They're 8 and 5 overall, but man, they beat Woodlawn of Baton Rouge, they beat St. Aug, they beat Northwood Shreveport. They have built some momentum. But this one's in the Crow Dome, baby. I, I I don't see brother Martin coming out of this one. I like Karen Crow. What do you think? <laughs>
4: yeah, I tell you what you know we talked about Westgate earlier right and and the big momentum uh, creating win over Neville. I don't think there's a hotter team in the entire state of Louisiana than Brother Martin right now. you know they ended the regular season five and five. Uh, I think they I think they had lost um, I think four of their last six on the year really wow. didn't like a team that could uh, you know be in this position, you know and really challenge to potentially have a spot in a state championship game, but here they are. Um, but you're right, Jordy. Uh, we all know the Crow Dome is a special place. It takes a really good football team to go in there, get a win. You have to be playing your absolute best. Uh, Tony Corville, he's got those guys, you know, again, peaking at the right time. Uh, I think, you know, the eight seed was probably a little too low for Karen Crow. I thought there oh, well. should have been a higher seed than that. Uh, but, hey, you know, you <laughs> you play the hand you're dealt, and, and Karen Crow has uh, – has, Played it perfectly. I mean, they, they went to Warren Easton last week and, and won uh, not many teams that can be able to say that in the last what seems like a decade, um, and they did it. And, um, you know, they're a hot team too. And uh, I, think, I think the Golden Bears pull it out tonight. Um, I think Brother Martin's probably expended all the energy that they may have left, and uh, I see Karen Crow um, You know, probably win by a couple of touchdowns tonight
1: ideas of uh, the Daily Advertiser with us. I know in Select Division Two, there it's guaranteed one Acadiana school will be playing for a state championship. Will they be going after uh, against another Acadiana school? Time will tell. But uh, the matchup of the night: uh, two district rivals playing in the semifinals. Holy cow! Number six Lafayette Christian at nine and three taking on the two seated. Turling's Catholic at eleven and one. Um, man, uh, these two teams played; it was a thriller earlier in the season. My gosh, what's the difference here? What? what why not expect the same, right?
4: Uh, that's where I'll be tonight, Jordy, and that's what I'm fully expecting. I am expecting a whether it's uh, Juwan Johnson with uh, with the Knights of, of LCA or if it's Preston Welch with Turling's. Uh, one of these quarterbacks. Is probably going to throw a a last-minute Hail Mary touchdown pass to win this and get get their team to the state championship game. I mean, the first time these teams played over at LCA earlier this year, I mean, it was probably the the best high school football game I've seen this year. I don't think it's close. Uh, It was uh, just a tremendous performance by both teams. You know, in that earlier game, uh, the difference was that Turling's defense was able to force Johnson to throw a couple of interceptions and, and Turling's offense was able to capitalize and score some points off of those. The team that takes care of the ball at Turling's tonight, the team that doesn't uh, hurt themselves either with, you know, pre-snap penalties, things of that nature, it, the, that, the team that plays the cleanest football game, uh, between LCA and Turley tonight, ultimately win that I do do firmly believe that, and um, I've been I've been waffling on it, Jordy. I you know, if you asked me yesterday, I'd probably say LCA wins. If you asked me tomorrow, even after the game, I might pick the team that lost to win it. It's it's so close. I think the margin for error between these two teams is almost non-existent. I right. think it, because the game is at Turley, I'm giving the slightest of Edges tonight to the Turling Rebels. I think
1: Turling All right. Well, that's where you'll be. It should be a fun, fun night. These are the toughest games to play uh, because you can taste that Superdome. Oh, it's so close. It's so close. Uh, but you got to take care of your business tonight. Fun time. Semi-final action. Uh, Corey Diaz from the Daily Advertiser USA Today. I greatly appreciate your time. Enjoy the ball games tonight, man. That'll, that'll be fun. Thank you.
4: Yeah, man. You guys, yep. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm sure everybody will have a good time tonight. It's gonna be a lot of good football games.
1: All right, buddy, you take care. Uh, The game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentor Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armentor Jewelers and the game, 1037 Lafayette. And 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we'll take a quick time out here when we return. Larry Holder from The Athletic, all things involving the NFL. A busy, busy weekend. Of course, last night the Bills beat the Patriots. Saints end the week of NFL this week of the nfl with a monday night affair in tampa bay against tom brady and the buccaneers we'll get uh, larry's thoughts on all that and more when we return here on the Jordy Helford show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles
0: every day is a chamber of commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy holtberg show this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana.
1: All right, it's a Friday afternoon on this uh, December the 2nd. Beautiful day. We've got some big games. We haven't spent much time talking about one game down in New Orleans. It's a big one for a championship. So uh, Larry Holder from The Athletic uh, joins us, as he does just about each and every Friday, unless something pops up. Uh, But we're thrilled to have him today. Larry, long time no buddy. How are you? I am good. Uh, How are you today? I am terrific. Um, I know we talk about the NFL a lot, but I want to start on the college front. How about those Tulane Greenies? Um, an, another matchup with Gus Malzahn and Rice Plumley and the UF, UCF. Um, man, I think Tulane's done a great job. I like Tulane in this game, man. I really do.
2: Yeah, if they can learn from the mistake of last time. Uh, basically, you know, Plumley was able to run through him. I know he's a little bit banged up. So uh, that could that go helps. into Tulane's good favor, uh, but look, it's it's certainly something we have never seen in New Orleans uh, with Tulane hosting the American Athletic Conference championship game. Uh, it's going to be sold out. Uh, it's going to be a packed house, and look, for for Tulane, they win. They go to a New Year's Six Bowl, probably awesome. the Cotton Bowl, and I mean it's it's something where they haven't been to a significant bowl of that nature since the '40s, like yep. 1940s. So it yep. is one of this is huge. Look, yeah, easily one of the biggest games in the history of Tulane. I'll be there covering it, so uh, that's uh, uh, that's something that uh, I'm looking forward to. But yeah, I think that's you add that, and Tulane's kind of had a hectic week. You know, at one point. They thought Willie Fritz was leaving for Georgia Tech, and right. all of a sudden the tide changes. Willie Fritz is staying put. I mean, look, its a, he has been a game changer for that program, and uh, you're really seeing the fruits uh, of that fruition uh, this year.
1: What, what, why do you think he stayed at Tulane? Because I, I really thought he was gone. I'm not saying that Georgia Tech. I mean, yeah, Georgia Tech plays in the, you know, in the in the ACC, bigger conference, more money, and all that kind of stuff. But um, why do you think he turned him down? Hmm, I'm
2: gonna just kind of hypothesize here, uh, knowing Willie. I've known him for quite some time since he's been here, and uh, he's a pretty open book. Like he was probably put in a bad situation that I'm sure Georgia tech was talking to him. Yeah. I think it got leaked from their end. I don't think he necessarily appreciated that going to the biggest games of his career. Okay. Okay. And Tulane probably stepped up to the plate again. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, they were coaching inquiries for him to uh, maybe go elsewhere But look, to me, that job made sense. Look, he came from Georgia Southern. Uh, He's got uh, he he knows the area and Georgia Tech private school knows how to navigate that uh, those waters uh, with Tulane. But I think that the process probably he thought it stunk a little bit. And I mean, you know, he's he is an older coach. You know, he's in in his early sixties, and maybe he thought he maybe has one more move in him, which this one might have made sense for him to do it, but. I think he probably thought the process stunk, and Tulane has treated him better than anywhere else he's been. So I think add it all up, sees some promise, especially within the American given that the the conference is going to be changing. Uh, It's probably life's going to be maybe a little bit easier for him uh, because some teams are moving on out, and uh, they're they're going to be maybe a bigger fish in there. So add it all up, and uh, Tulane, I feel like got fortunate, and he's going to be staying put.
1: Good for the green wave. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's done. A, he's done a great job. Well, how much? You've been to that state. How much? Is, how many people does it hold? 20, 20 something thousand.
2: Probably max out at about thirty. Uh, so okay. yeah, it's 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 perfect. More intimate than say Tiger Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you could look, you could pack some people in there. So I'm I've never been in there where it's been standing room only uh, i've seen it mm-hmm. nice and you know you, you say it's a sellout it might not be but i think this one's going to be uh, look we saw probably one of the bigger crowds in the last uh, you know a, a couple weeks ago uh probably yeah. when ucf came i think it's going to be even bigger now you know so i'm uh, yeah. i'm curious to see how this crowd is it's going to be a very pro two lane crowd obviously
1: Uh, I'm so smart and so wise of Tulane to do that. Man, that old Tulane Stadium or playing in the Dome just didn't make any sense. It was just too much. This is perfect. I wish more schools would, would take that mantra and follow the blueprint of what Tulane did. It's much better to play in front of a Great crowd with very few empty seats and be in this gargantuan building that uh, that so many empty seats. My God. Anyway, um, okay, so I think we both like Tulane in this one. Um, Do you give LSU any kind of snowball's chance Saturday against Georgia? I mean, I'll give them a snowball or two. (laughs) You know, when they play well, they can play very well. But but Georgia
2: is uh, even, look, they can play sluggish and still win. So, you know, I, I think that's, uh, it's going to be a tall order. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, you know, it, it's not like uh, they're coming off of a big win. I mean, they they coming off of a letdown. Probably looking ahead. Uh, but if if LSU can play like they play, say against Ole Miss, or you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of the way they played against Florida, do I think they, they have a shot? Yes. But uh, obviously, you and me know it would be a significant upset. If LSU oh, yeah. wins, I, I anticipate Georgia winning. But it's it's certainly it's not out of the realm of possibility that LSU can go win this game. At their best, I feel like they can hang with anybody. It's just hard they, they haven't consistently been at their right. best. You know, so they you know they've won some sluggish games, which kudos to them. But you got to be at your best to beat Georgia, and I, I'm yeah. I'm curious to see if they can if they can really kind of pull that one off.
1: She's got the athletes to hang with them. Now, the question is, do they execute? Do they not make the mistakes that uh, that tear you apart? And can they can they like you said? Play their very, very best. One thing Georgia has week in, week out, year in, it's amazing how many players they lost off the championship team a year ago uh, and haven't had a drop off. Their defense is almost as good from a numbers standpoint. The only number that counts to me is how many points do you give up? They gave up 10 a year ago. Oh, my God, what a letdown. They're giving up 11 this year. Wow.
2: Yeah, Georgia's really starting to look like the way Alabama rolls, right? You know, you're yep. just reloading, yep. and you're good every year. And yep. I can't see that stopping. I mean, is Kirby Smart going to ever go anywhere? Probably
1: not. No. <laughs> no. You, you know, no. And,
2: uh, like, plentiful recruiting and all that. So, yeah, this is a and, – and look, we may be seeing what, in the future – Maybe the FCC try to ponder getting away from divisions. That might hurt LSU, <laughs> you know? so yeah, uh, You're you know, exactly with right. The, with the, yeah, with the change of the college football playoff landscape in, in a couple of years. So, um, But, like, 12 teams obviously will help the FCC. But still, yeah, Georgia's not going anywhere. I mean, they could, here's the thing. Two lost Georgia teams would make the playoffs every year. So if, even if they slip the That's touch, right. they would That's still right. always be in the mix.
1: Larry Holder of The Athletic. Okay, do we even give a <laughs> – Oh, all right. Saints, Bucks, Monday night. I hate to keep saying this, but if the Saints win the thing, they're still not out of this deal. I mean, I I, I can't believe I'm saying it. As bad as they are, but they're still not out of it. No, and they're playing Tampa, and uh,
2: they typically play pretty well. Uh, you know, they were. Uh, we, we've seen them win plenty enough with the teams that you thought were not. Up for the challenge, I mean, look, they lost. They lost earlier this year. It's the first time in regular season play that a Tom Brady led Tampa team won. Um, the Saints are getting seemingly a little bit healthier. Let's see uh, um, who lines up uh, and, and plays this week. But still, uh, you got to give them a chance. I mean, like uh, it's they yeah. seem to have Tampa's number. Tampa's not playing well. No, no one's playing well in the division. So it's yeah. uh, this whole division is still a coin flip. I don't care how bad you think the Saints are. This division is still a coin flip.
1: Did you see this? I mean, I, I never saw this coming. I thought the Saints would be really good this year. Boy, I, I missed out completely.
2: Well, I think when you look at it, that I always thought there was a ceiling. Like, 10 wins would be the ceiling. Like, I didn't think yeah. they were going 12-5 and five or anything like that. But right. you knew that the floor was lower. And you're not getting as consistent quarterback play as you like. Um Defense is not playing as well as you thought. you got injuries all over the map. Um, people are wondering if Dennis Allen's the right coach. I mean, so, you know, and how is it going to go later? But, yeah, I, I think that's um, if the Saints would, like I said, if the Saints would have won 10 games, I think that would have been a huge success because they would have maxed out there. I, I think that uh, uh, I didn't think they would be this bad, but I, I do think that uh, that the expectation level should have been a little bit lower. So I think, you're, you know, Okay. it's uh, it's it, it's not what you wanted but this isn't a total shouldn't be a total shock that maybe the saints took a big dip
1: here's larry holder of the athletic um what would it take you think look the saints have five games left um and uh you know th- this division still up for grabs uh, uh, i can't believe i'm saying it. saints are four and eight so they've got five games left um What if the Saints only win one of their last five and they finish with five wins and 12 losses? Is that um, Dennis Allen fireable offense there, or do you think no matter what, because this team doesn't make many changes very often, do you think he comes back for another year? Maybe maybe before
2: what happened maybe with the Pelicans last year, I'd say no, he's going to come back, but the fact that they were able to look at say Stan Van Gundy across the parking lot yes. and fire him after a year, maybe that uh, that they they might do it. But I do think it's uh, the Saints. They have some loyalty to Dennis Allen, like he's been a very good assistant coach. Um, maybe they could say circumstances, but I do think though that it is uh, if they go five and twelve, uh, you have to take a good serious hard look yeah. at the yeah. head coach certainly the staff but you know you got to take a look at everything and if it doesn't work you got to have the guts to move on but i you know i don't know it's it's hard because like i said i um, the the stan van gundy thing really sticks out to me that you, they didn't really know stan i get it but they went one and done and got rid of him so right. would they do that to dennis Allen? i mean maybe there's a little bit pre- precedent there
5: Yeah,
1: I guess, look, I know all the players hated Stan Van Gundy. They just hated him. I don't know how the players feel about Dennis Allen, and I don't know how the the leadership feels about Dennis Allen. But when the players don't like you, and, and the front office could see that, plain and simple um yeah that was a nightmare um some really good games in the nfl kansas city at cincinnati my gosh and what's this with mahomes tipping off the the chiefs that you better you better pick me up here i mean if he hadn't said anything the saints would have had him what's up with that
2: well well, yeah i saw that interview and he said he didn't really know how much the Saints were involved in that (laughs) but he, he, he would have definitely been a saint but uh well, hey, I mean, look, he liked what he saw with Kansas City, I, and I also found it funny that uh, Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator, uh, gave him all the plays to study, so he looked like a genius the next day, and it certain, it certainly worked out. <laughs> he yeah. went to where he
1: needed to be, and certainly knows it the did. system. Isn't it? Isn't it hard to believe that the Saints hold their future again to? to Sean Payton, we got to be begging somebody to get Sean Payton back into the league as a coach so we can get a draft pick out of this deal.
2: Well, I think they were going to be doing that no matter what they finished. (laughs) But still, yeah, yeah, I I think that, look, there's there's no doubt there's going to be a market for him. Uh, What's the right place for him? He can afford to be picky. So, yeah, I think that's – he's not desperate for a job. So that's one everyone's going to be watching as soon as – the final, that Monday hits after week 18, who's gone. And Sean Payton will be a top candidate for any job he wants.
1: What do you think his criteria is? I know he's he's going to want full control. He's going to have to have a really good quarterback. What, what do you think is the criteria?
2: I think it starts with ownership that he trusts. Um, he's always been big publicly talking about uh, functional organizations and that there are dysfunctional ones in the NFL. So, He probably has teams that he would never go to. Uh, Then, of course, front office personnel that he would trust. And then, obviously, quarterback. I mean, that's why uh, he, many years ago, when he was looking to be traded after the 2015 season, he wanted to go to Indy because Andrew Luck was there. And so, you know, I think that was a a big pull on him. And so I I think that uh, it's got to be three-pronged, and it's got to be ownership he trusts, Front office he trusts, quarterback he thinks he can coach for the next ten years.
1: Hmm. Do you think the way Jerry Jones runs things? Do you think he thinks that's a dysfunctional organization? No, I think he would go
2: there. Now, I think okay. there would have to be there would be some egos clashing a little bit, but you know, I think that Jerry trusts Sean probably more than anybody, and would probably. I'm not going to say step out of the limelight, but allow Sean to be Sean. And I think that uh, he knows he would be able to look They they got pieces, Uh, you know, maybe they're just a coach away. And so I think that's something where that is something we got to watch. Like say if Dallas bows out in the first round, they're saying, all right, we can go get Sean. They will will fire Mike McCarthy. I
1: don't think there's any doubt in a heartbeat. only way they don't is if he gets to a Super Bowl. I really believe that. Anything short of that, I think the Cowboys will go after Peyton. I think they'll cut McCarthy as quickly as possible and uh, move on from there. We shall see. Um, All right, Larry Holder, good luck with the green wave. I'm really – I never pulled for the green wave, ever. But I will this time. I'll have a little soft spot this
2: time, Jordy. <laughs> I will.
1: I do this time. If you heard what those yeah. people said when we played them back in my day, when I was playing, what they said to Mama, I'll never, uh uh-uh, uh, no, never. Well, yeah, format. you can see you got some heat and
2: some, some,
1: uh, so I get where you're coming from. Yeah. We were 8 0 against them, though, big fella. 8 no There you go. Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> Never. I, look, my teammates, Tulane, who's Tulane? I said, I, I don't care if you don't know him or not. We We are not losing to these people ever, ever. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take them long to understand what this thing was all about. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Good luck to the Green Wave. Have fun covering that. Uh, who do you like, the Saints or the Bucs? Who are you picking?
2: Oh, I'm going Tampa. I just, uh, the Saints have burned me too many times. No, off the bandwagon. I'm going with Tampa.
1: Yeah, the Saints suck. I'm sorry. Larry Holder, The Athletic. (laughs) You're the best. Have a great weekend, my friend. All right, Jordy. See you, buddy. You take care. Larry Holder of The Athletic. Uh, Let's see. If you're looking for great stocking stuffers this holiday season, look no further than The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. You can have the opportunity to score prizes, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So why not go sign up today? All right, we'll uh, wrap up our number one next here on the Geordie Heldberg Show. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and
0: enable the Alexa skill, The Game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go.
1: It's that time of the year. The holiday season and the game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentor Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Awards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armentor Jewelers and the Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest. Louisiana's Sports Station. Coming up, our number two, Blake Topmeyer in Atlanta for the SEC Championship game. George Faust from KLFY and our fearless prognostications of the big ball games to come this weekend. It's all coming your way here. Our number two, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. number two of two, and away we go. James Mesh back in the master control suite in the game studios in the producer's chair, which is on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're on 1041 in Lake Charles streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you have near a television set you can pop on your screen because we're simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. About one year ago today, he was having his introductory press conference, and Brian Kelly, one year later, was having a press conference for the SEC Championship game. Now, that is a wild statement, but it is a true statement. And tomorrow, uh, LSU will take on top-ranked Georgia for the SEC championship. Blake Topmeyer of the USA Today Network, who covers the Southeastern Conference, is joining us today. Uh, happy Friday, Blake. How are you, my friend?
6: I'm doing well. I'm uh, sitting in a, in a courtyard uh, parking lot here in, in Atlanta on on the eve of this SEC championship.
1: Well, I appreciate you taking some time uh, for us on this deal. It, that is a pretty wild comment, isn't it? After uh, LSU was um, uh, the, the greatest team LSU's ever had in 2019, and then two just abysmal years, Brian Kelly comes in with no expectations. Everybody's saying, "Oh man, if you can get to seven, eight wins, maybe that would be unbelievable." And now he's playing for an SEC title. That's that's pretty wild. Well,
6: and it had the opportunity to be even wilder, right? If uh, if LSU does what it should have done last week and take care of business, LSU's playing for a playoff spot potentially on on Saturday. So you're right. Um, I mean, it is kind of uh, a a great moment that that LSU is playing here. But, oh, what could have been? I mean, (laughs) truly, LSU would be knocking on the door of the college football playoff, and if they beat Georgia – um, if there was any opening, if, if there was a sliver of opening, if, if USC yep. stumbled, maybe even if they didn't, frankly, uh, I think it would have been hard to keep a SEC champion LSU out of the playoff. But it is what it is. Um, they lost to A and M, and so this matchup does lose a, some of its some of its luster. And right. yet, big picture wise, um, LSU took advantage of a of a down year in, in the West and became the, the best of the West. And I think there is. Uh, certainly some credit due there for for Brian Kelly Uh, by and large despite the disappointment last week uh, was a was a solid debut season I think
1: Blake look George is remarkable the job that Kirby Smart has done when he won a championship a year ago and he's just reloaded uh, their defense is all I mean. The number of points they give up is one point more than what they gave up a year ago. So to me, this game, look, but LSU has great athletes, and they've shown against teams like Alabama and Ole Miss, when they play well, they're pretty good, pretty darn good. So which team do you think comes into this thing with the most motivation, the most energy, the most enthusiasm? I
6: would think it's Georgia. I think Georgia wants that number one seed. Um, I, I know there's been talk of, well, how, how important is this SEC championship to, to Georgia? I don't buy that line of thinking. I think this is something. I mean, Georgia wants. They didn't win the SEC championship last year. That's one thing people right. people forget because they won the won the national title. They didn't win the SEC. Um, I think this team is is hungry for the SEC championship. I think they want to play. Uh, in Atlanta as the number one seed in the first round of the playoffs rather than take the chance uh, of, of getting sent off uh, to to Arizona to play a semifinal game or as, as a two or, or even potentially number three seed. Um, I think they have more to play for. Uh, for LSU, I think they would have had everything to play for if, if they won last week. And that doesn't mean they're going to roll over. But when you consider um, Georgia, as you, as you pointed out, Georgia on paper is, is the better team. Um and that's not a question, and and I think they, they do have more to play for. LSU's been dangerous this year. Um, I'll say, though, facing Georgia's defense as compared to Alabama's defense or Ole Miss's defense, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not comparable. This is not a typical uh, Bama defense. This is not the peak-of-the-dynasty type Alabama defense. Right. Again, credit to LSU for taking advantage of that, but facing Georgia uh, in that secondary Mm, that's that's a whole different animal. <laughs>
1: yeah. Blake Topmeyer uh with us today, LSU, uh a seventeen and a half point underdog in this thing. Um is this Georgia team better than the team that uh, won it all a year ago in your opinion? I don't think they are.
6: I think they're probably a, a tick behind last year's team. I think in certain areas they're better. I think their their defensive backfield, their secondary is better. Um I think as a whole, I would have taken last year's Georgia team. Like if we're setting like Vegas odds, and you could somehow duplicate some of these players and have them on both rosters, right? The, t- right. the players that were on last year's team and like Steph and Bennett, uh, you know, he would be playing for both teams. Uh, if you had like a Vegas line of, of 2022 Georgia versus 2021 Georgia, I'd say 2021 Georgia, last year's team, would have been maybe like a four and a half point favorite. That would that'd okay. be my betting line, I guess. I'd say on a on a neutral site. Situation, but what's interesting is I don't know if Georgia has to be as good as last year's team to win the national championship because I don't think there's anybody else out there in college football who's as good uh, as last year's Georgia team was. I think that team, in a way, was almost a little underappreciated in the moment uh, because we we didn't know as the season unfolded. Like, is this team really going to win the national title? Is it going to be Alabama in the end? Um, Mm -hmm. And it almost was, but. Yeah, I I think they are probably a slight tick behind, but I still like them as the best team in the country. I don't think they're unbeatable. Um, I'd be curious to see a a Southern Cal against Georgia in the college football playoff, because Southern Cal does something different. You know, when people talk about Michigan, I think it's possible if Michigan has their best game uh, on a day where Georgia doesn't. I think Michigan can, can beat Georgia. But if both you. teams bring bring their good stuff, I feel like Michigan's kind of a, a similar version to Georgia, right? They win with defense, run game, and a quarterback run who doesn't deep. make many mistakes. That's, That's right. Georgia, um, and I th- I just think Georgia's a little bit better at it. I look at Southern Cal. Um, do I like USC to beat Georgia? No, but in, in terms of like who who could upset Georgia, I don't know. I look at USC as a team with with an elite quarterback um, <laughs> and a, an elite wide receiver in, in Jordan Addison. They, they've been scoring a bunch of points. Scoring a bunch of points against Georgia is going to be a different type of challenge. Um, they're, they're not great on defense, but could they turn this game into you know a more high-scoring game than Georgia likes if they meet in the semifinals? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'd like Georgia, but I'd be interested to see that matchup. The only team that has beat Georgia the past two years had a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. That was Bryce Young last year. They had yeah. two really, really good receivers at that time because Jamison Williams was healthy. Uh, and John Mechie uh, played in that game, got injured, I believe, at some point in that SEC championship game. Uh, The point being that a Heisman winner at quarterback, they had elite wide receivers. Well, what does USC have? They're going to have, very likely, the Heisman winner at quarterback, uh, and they don't have two receivers like a Jameson Williams and Mechie, but they do have Jordan Addison, uh, who's one of the top receivers in college football. I don't think USC would beat Georgia, but that's the matchup I want to
1: see. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. And I really believe it plays – in georgia's favor that alabama's not gonna if all things end up as it it should of course there could be chaos but in all likelihood alabama is not going to get in there you know that fatigue of having to play against one another year after year after year it was so much at stake i i think that behooves georgia to have some fresh company along with them don't you
6: yeah, I don't think you want to see Alabama for the, the biggest reason why is you don't want to see Bryce Young in the playoffs. Right. That, that's my thing. Is that, you know, if, you, if you're making a list of top five, not even top three quarterbacks in college football, Bryce Young to me has to be on that list. Now, do I think oh, he's doubt. going to get to, to New York as, as a Heisman finalist? I don't know that he will. Um, you know, He missed a game. Uh, he played a few games where he wasn't 100% his team hasn't had the success that oftentimes is needed to make you a Heisman finalist. I don't know if he's going to be a Heisman finalist. I think it'll be kind of borderline. Do I still think he's one of the top three quarterbacks in college football? I absolutely do. Um, And I think those teams are always dangerous in in the playoffs. Um, So even more so than just the familiarity between those teams, uh, if I'm Georgia, I don't want to see the best quarterbacks uh, in, in college football when I'm lining up because, who who else can can beat me? That's what I'm thinking. If I'm Georgia, who else can beat me, other than an elite quarterback? Yep. You know, when, when when Georgia's team is that good, uh, that solid on defense, who else is going to beat him? I think I think it takes a really really good quarterback to beat Georgia, or it would take Georgia Georgia having an off day. You know, if Georgia goes out if they play Michigan at some point and Georgia has a bad day, I think Michigan's good enough to beat them. But Georgia with their good stuff. I think you got to have a good. You you have to have an elite quarterback to beat Georgia on a good day.
1: He's not an elite quarterback, but he has shown that he's a very dangerous quarterback in Jaden Daniels for LSU. Sure. LSU beats Georgia if what?
6: Well, I think I think Georgia's got to make some mistakes. Um, yeah. I think Jaden Daniels has to uh, has to be a dual threat. You know, I, I I hope for the sake of this game, for the competitive of this game that. Um, you know he's feeling healthy. That he can yep. he can threaten Georgia not only with with his passing ability but with his legs. Um, and I and I think uh, I think LSU's defense has to force some turnovers. I mean I know that's elementary, uh, but when we think about you know really a turning point win for LSU's season, I thought was was beating Ole Miss. Uh, I think back to that game that interception uh, in the end zone. If Jackson Dart completes that pass. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who knows how that game ends against Ole Miss? Right. Uh, just an incredible play. Uh, who, who was it that had that interception? It's escaping me now. Uh, one of the DBs uh, just made an- inc-
7: Yeah. Anyway, uh,
6: it was an incredible anyway. play. I mean, it looked like a pass that was going to be an ex- completion. Like nobody was going to catch it. Right, um, right, and, right. And then somehow it was intercepted, and that changed the whole momentum of the game. It was a tight game up to that point. Late in the third quarter, tight game, uh, and then LSU just blew them out from there. I think that's the type of plays you got to make. The difficulty with that is like. You're going up against a team that doesn't doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to be playing in, in Mercedes-Benz. Um, not that not that LSU fans won't be represented. As I certainly expect them to be, but uh, you know Georgia fans will be as as well. So sure. yeah, I, I think this is a tough road to hoe for LSU. I, I really really do. Um, and and <laughs> you got to you got to force Georgia to be off its game a little bit. Um, and, and I think that that includes forcing turnovers.
1: Yeah, Harold Perkins has to play a game like he played against Arkansas. Uh, everybody yeah. has to upgrade. is Is there a is there a weak spot on this Georgia team that LSU should attack, or are they just really really good across the board?
6: I think they're good across the board. Um, you know, it'd be nice if you could establish some run game to take some of the pressure off your quarterback. Uh, yep. I think putting everything on the arm of your quarterback is really tough against Georgia. I think if they are more vulnerable in an area, uh, it is against the run. But we've seen them get better against the run as the year goes. Um, maybe if you can get some pressure on on yep. Seth and Bennett, um, you know that's one thing I, I look at. I, I know LSU has the athletes um, to bring pressure. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, I don't know though. I mean, you're, you're, unless Georgia makes some mistakes. It would take, to me, it would take a Herculean effort by, by Jaden Daniels uh, having maybe the game of his life.
1: Okay, all right. So seventeen and a half points, George is favored by. Um, Give me the outcome.
6: I kind of like it on the nose, almost. I sort of like about thirty-eight twenty. You know, George is not the team that just blows blows people out beyond beyond recognition, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they they had they had Tennessee. Come into their stadium a couple weeks ago. They beat him by a couple touchdowns. That that game was more lopsided than 14 points. Uh, right. You know, we we watched the game. We we know that was more lopsided than 14 points. Georgia's just not one of those teams that really feels like. Uh, I don't think Kirby Smart feels like he needs to um, to just run it up on on people. He gets mm-hmm. if he gets a lead, he's going to put it on that defense to to win it. So to me, it feels like somewhere between about a, a 14 and 18 point differential. Um, I'd be surprised if it's a one-possession game um, because I think there's more than than a one-possession difference in in these teams. Um, I really don't know what to expect off off LSU, um, frankly. I mean, they've been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde this year. When they've been at their best, they're they're tough to beat. Um, You know, you think about that Alabama game, you think about the way they played in the second half against uh, Ole Miss, and then you think about the other side of that coin, how they played against Tennessee <clears throat> excuse me on their home field. How they played against Arkansas. <clears throat> how they played last week against Texas A and M. It's been a little bit of good, bad, and otherwise um for LSU. So hard hard team to get a read on.
1: Blake Topmeyer. Have fun in Atlanta. And thank you for uh helping us throughout this college football season. We greatly appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk okay, soon. Okay, sounds
6: good. Thanks, George. All right.
1: Blake Topmeyer, USA Today Network. We'll take a timeout. Um, George Faust, KLFY Sports, Fridays with Faust, next. There's no better
0: way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: George, what's happening, buddy? Not much, man. How you doing? Not much. Semi-final high school football. Uh, The Cajuns get bowl eligible. Uh, LSU's in the... SEC championship game. Uh, Bob Marlin's got hey. the Cajuns running and gunning. Come on, man! Everything's going hey. on.
3: Hey, just another day at the at the office.
1: There you the go. In the zone. You go. I'm just I'm just uh, just
3: hacking away.
1: Hey, man who 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 wins? Uh, Ed White St. Thomas Moore tonight.
3: I actually think STM's going to squeak that out. Uh, I think. Uh, I just think they they have they have it in their mind that uh you know they they lost uh yep. a year ago and they they got some revenge on their mind. I think they're they're uh they've grown a lot. STM has on offense Sam Altman at quarterback and uh they have a, a, a plethora of wide receivers. Maybe none as good as like what Jack Besh and that crew was like back in the day, but uh they do have some talented very talented wide receivers They're running back Charlie Payton is, is impressive. You know they're gonna spread it out. You know they're gonna try and score a lot. I think uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna do the job tonight at home at Cougar Stadium.
1: That's awesome. Um, you know those Catholic league schools down in New Orleans, nobody's hotter than than Brother Martin. I mean, they were five and five going into the playoffs, they've won three straight, but they gotta go to the Crow Dome, man. It's a tough place to play.
3: It is a tough place to play and uh yeah, look. The guy that's been really showing out, and Coach Corville told us this uh, this, this week, is uh, Chance Caesar, their quarterback.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, that
3: young man has done a phenomenal job of uh, kind of – look, this was a senior year. He told me at the beginning of the year, Chance did, that, look, hey, you know, this is my last ride. I want to make it as memorable as possible. And, and boy, is he doing that. I mean, he's, <laughs> he scored, I think, twice against Warren Easton last week. Uh, you know, so he, he's – He's just a, 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 He hasn't. He put this team on his back, and he's carrying them as far as they'll go. And uh, from all indicate, I've talked to some of my buddies in New Orleans, and uh, they seem to think Brother Martin's uh, uh, Cinderella run's about to come to an end. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't. I don't see any reason why Karen Crow can't win this game, especially again being with that home field advantage and, and being at the Crow Dome.
1: It's almost a a shame that two teams from the same district um, have to play one another to get to the Dome, but that's what it is with Lafayette Christian and Turlings Catholic. This this hails nail-biter written all over it to me.
3: Oh, look, (laughs) what an unbelievable matchup. And, and look, this is how you know it's intense, is that when we went out to talk to them this week, neither head coach was able to talk to us. They were so busy preparing for the contest. (laughs) <laughs> they we got uh, LCA's offensive coordinator and uh, Turlings' defensive coordinator. So I think you see that there's, there's, the, there's the matchup, right? Can you yeah. stop Juwan Johnson from LCA from having a, a, just a, a an unbelievable game? And the hard part about that is containing him because he doesn't get frazzled. Uh, Juwan Johnson drops back, the play breaks down, he creates more time for himself. He's very good at that. And that has been the reason they've been able to kind of sustain some drives. And even the last time Turling, when Turling's beat LCA uh, in week seven, it was a 21 17 game. And, uh, but he did Juwan Johnson was doing that. He was escaping uh, some pressure and he even had a chance to, to take the lead at one point, just kind of overshot the, uh, the wide receiver a little bit, but uh yeah he, he he's the guy and I, I think there's some there's maybe they didn't mean to do that and tell give us a telltale sign of what how they think this game's going to play out but uh like Turling's defense is, uh, came to play the last time these two teams played and uh, they brought it so i don't expect anything different in this game this is one of those games this lca Turling's game it's one of these games where uh in a few years people are going to look back on this game and they're going to go Man, do you remember there was like 10,000 people at Charlie Drumble Field, and it was yeah. unbelievable. You know, like, I was there, and, you know, one of those type of games. I think that's what, because of what's on the line, kind of reminds me of an STM Acadiana game a few years back where uh, the, the STM, the one season I think that STM actually played in 5A, and Acadiana went to, uh, went to, uh, the Cougar Stadium and had to, and had to outlast uh, STM. That was a that was one of those momentous games in a uh high school sports history. So I think I think we're along those lines right here with regards to uh, this LCA Turlings matchup. I mean, and if it's not, we're building it up like it is because of, of the way the first the first
1: game went. I think these are the most pressurized games because you're so close to the Superdome and this is when the nerves come in. And I think you couldn't get those coaches because I really believe the good coaches – these two teams know one another they play every year so <laughs> they got to come out and maybe have the same play but do it in a different formation just to try and confuse the opponent so i think that's what right. the tinkering is they, they're going to do what they do to get here that got them here but they're going to try and make it look a little bit different you know from the onset and and we'll see right. we'll see but yeah it should be yep, terrific
3: yeah, it's going to be a good one. I I get what you're saying because everybody knows everybody at this point, right? You know, you kind of right. have seen what everybody does, and yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, nothing like high school playoffs. It's it's really really cool. How would you uh, surmise the Cajuns football season? I I thought they closed out. I mean, that in a game they had to have, they went on the road and thoroughly, thoroughly took apart Texas State to finish six and six. How would you rate? The job done this year? I'd say it's, it's pretty much what we expected.
3: I, I think at the beginning of the year, we were wearing some rose colored glasses with regards to how, how good the team might be. And yeah. we maybe underestimated a little bit how good, uh, like the, the adjustment phase of losing Billy Napier and introducing Coach Dez and, and him uh, adjusting to the, the, the role of a head coach and so i think what you what you end up seeing is you know they they finally kind of got their got their uh legs underneath them a little bit if you will and uh and once coach Dez kind of implemented the way he does things i think you started to see a little bit of uh uh, of what we might see next season, where where the, the Cajuns uh, they they may may take a step forward uh, when it comes to next season. So if that's the case, I, I think the Cajuns are in a good spot. I mean, look to get to a bowl game in their first season uh, yeah. that's that's a big deal. I I, I really believe that uh, in Coach Desa's first season, um, a, or, or be bowl eligible. I, <laughs> I assume they're going to get a bowl game. I can't imagine that they wouldn't, but. Yeah, are there enough bulls? I think I think yeah, so. You know, they, I, they, yeah. there's the Independence Bowl that's looking at them. I think, and then there's a few other ones that that are that are possible. I, I thought the Independence Bowl though, was tied in with the Big Twelve and the SEC, but maybe that it changed. That's changed, so I I could be wrong on that.
1: They'll go somewhere. They'll go somewhere. Um, all right, so you'll be at uh, LCA and Turlings tonight, correct?
5: No,
3: I, well, look. See, here's the deal. I, I'm actually going to hop on the road here, and I'm no. going to watch uh, Notre Dame take on St. Charles in okay. a, uh, a, th- a three a third year in a row at S, uh, that uh, SCC St. Charles and uh, and Notre Dame have played in the semifinals the past two seasons. Uh, the Comets have gotten the better of the Pios, and so uh, oh, they're going down. They're, they're, <laughs> is that right? They're going down. The
1: has got this one, baby.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I,
1: I, I think that there's oh – My boy, okay, Louie Cook, doesn't lose three times in a row. Come on. I, no way.
3: I, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Look, I, here's the thing about, about Notre Dame. This, this team is, is – uh, as Coach Cook told me that during the week, this team seems to be built for um, a, being able to handle adversity in a game. And uh, that's something they kind of built on. He, he told me, look, that's why we play the, the non-district schedule we play, because we know who we're going to end up playing in the postseason, right? right he said, right. so that's why we played Southside. That's why we played Turlings. And so, uh, you know, we, we played our, our uh, Cecilia, another playoff team. Uh, that's why you go out and you play those tough games in the first five weeks of the season, because yeah. you know at the, you play those tough games. That's going to build your character up a little bit for – the postseason, and, and once again, here we are, Comets and pyos for a chance to go to the Dome.
1: George Faust, KLFY, you're the king. Enjoy, <laughs> my friend, and thank you so much. All right, man. Talk to you soon. You got it. Tune in next week to
0: Jordy Holtberg for Fridays with Faust here on you're The on Game, here. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The Geordie Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best.
7: The best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it.
0: Geordie has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest. The best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, my favorite segment of the week and my favorite day of the week, it's time to make some picks at 35 minutes after the hour on this Friday, December 2nd, James Mesh back in the master control suite. We welcome in my buddy, George Becknell. Bye, George. How are you, sir?
5: Hey, it I'm, I'm fantastic, I I wish I'd have hit him better on the golf course today, but other than that, it's it's, it's a beautiful day. I'm good.
1: It must be nice. All right, we got some games to go over. We're going to start with James Mesh to start this thing off. We're going to flip-flop the order a little bit. So, James, we start off with tonight, the USC Trojans, number four seed in the land against the number 11th seed Utah Utes for the Pac-12 championship game. Who do you like? I think the fact that USC only lost by one
7: point to Utah last time I think it'll be difficult for Utah to win a second time, so I'm going to go with the
1: Trojans and keep themselves in the playoffs. All right. They've got that quarterback in Caleb Williams. They've got that coach. Um, Yeah, Uh, George, what do you think? The Trojans or the Utes?
5: I'm taking the Utes in this one. I just think that Utah is a more physical football team. USC just seems to be finesse, passing game, dainty. The Utes is old school. They can pound the ball. They can do whatever. They can score a bunch of different ways. I like Utah to beat USC again and beat Mm -hmm. them by more than one point this time.
1: Man, man, man. They were a total of uh, 28 third and fourth down conversions attempts. Utah won 15 of them. If they'd won only 14, USC would be unbeaten. Um, But Utah won it and they're in it. I'm going with the better quarterback. I'm going with Caleb Williams. He's hot. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, It pains me to say it. Give me the Trojans fight on trojans of usc the big 12 championship james mesh boy they, they seem to be playing with um, an angel on their shoulder no, the horned frogs from tcu the third ranked team in the country undefeated taking on the 10th ranked kansas state wildcats big 12 championship on the line do we have chaos or do we not
7: i'm picking for there to be chaos I I think this becomes the first loss for TCU. I think Kansas state is able to get the win this time as they, they they had only lost by seven last time they had played earlier in the season.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, he looks for an upset. All right. Uh, which would put Ohio state back in the fray. I hate Ohio state. God, I hate Ohio state.
5: Uh, George, what do you think? Yeah, Jordan, I'd like some chaos, but it's not going to be any chaos. In the league where they play no defense, you can't stop them because they can they can run the ball really well. They throw the ball really well. Nobody you can't just state is not going to be TCU. I mean TCU's a witness was going away. I like them to stay undefeated and they don't get smashed till they play in the playoffs. So give it TCU to win.
1: Remember, TCU's only favored by two and a half as the third ranked team in the country. So um they believe they believe in Kansas State a little bit. TC's got a really good quarterback. K-State has a really good pass rush. Um might come down to a field goal, and I think TCU has the more reliable place kickers. So give me the Horn Frogs to win this one. All right, let's go. What next? Oh, we might as well get to it because it's played at um, 3 o'clock. LSU Tigers. And the Georgia Bulldogs. James, Georgia, number one ranked team in the country. LSU, the fourth. Boy, what a precipitous fall they had by losing to Texas A&M all the way down from number five to number 14. Okay, James, what do you think?
7: Uh, I love how the playoff was they, – they believed in LSU a lot. They liked what they were doing. And then they just dropped them nine spots by losing one time. It was to yeah. a four-win four Texas A&M team, but, like, yeah. damn – you got them behind a couple of other three-loss teams, but to me, people don't think it's going to be close. I think this is going to be within 10 points, maybe even a touchdown if LSU can can uh, st- stay right and not turn it over too much because I, I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game overall. Like I think it could be 23-16, 23-13 or something
1: okay, all right, but I'm I'm picking, uh, got, I'm
7: picking Georgia on this one.
1: Georgia to win but LSU to cover uh George Becknell take your time and give me your analysis of this one. LSU will win this
5: football game. <laughs> I'd be surprised if they don't because I'm just I'm, I'm looking at it. Georgia's offense does not scare me at all. I'm, I'm with James. I think it's gonna be a low scoring affair because Georgia's defense is really, really real. But there's no answer when you have Jaden Daniels at quarterback. If nobody's open, he's going to pull it down. He's going to run and get you a few yards. Um, I think LSU will win this game because Brian Kelly is a better coach than Kirby Smart. And Ooh. to Kirby Smart's point during the week, all these all these younger guys, these freshmen that have been playing a lot of minutes aren't freshmen anymore. It's the end of the year, their experience – LSU overlooked Texas A&M. That's why they lost last week. They're really focused. Georgia has everything to lose. LSU has nothing to lose. LSU will win this ball game. So give me the Tigers.
1: I have no doubt that LSU is going to show up mentally. They, For whatever reason, unbeknownst to me, they didn't do that uh, against Texas A&M. I think the key guy to this game, I, I know Jaden da- it's a given, Jaden Daniels has to play great. And... um but Josh Williams, to me, is so critical on this one because LSU is going to have to figure out a way to run the football. You can't put Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels back there, play after play after play and make him run or throw and run it. we got to get some running game going. So that offensive line and Josh Williams are critical. Can you please? It's like I say in the NFL when you play Kansas City. You see that Travis Kelsey guy? You know they're going to throw it to him. Put somebody on him. Well, you know they're going to throw the ball to Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, their Twin Tower tight ends. You know that's going to happen because they don't have any wide receivers. They don't. They have tight ends. Figure out a way to cover them. Only way LSU can win this thing is if Georgia helps them out. Helps them out. LSU is going to have to have a Herculean performance from um, the freshman phenom. He's going to have to do a, have a game like he had against uh, Arkansas. I think it's closer. I think it comes down to a fourth-quarter game. I got to go with Georgia, though. I got to go with Georgia. As much as it pains me, I got to go with Georgia. Unless, of course, Jaden Daniels just goes ballistic. Uh, but I think LSU has a chance. I think it's a lot closer than people think. I really do. Because uh, like you said, George – that offense just doesn't scare me. But the problem is they don't make mistakes, and it's so hard <laughs> to score on them. They only give up 11 points, dude, all year long, 11 points per game. That's that's where the problem comes in. All right, is it anything close, James Mesh, the Big Ten Championship, number two Michigan versus Purdue? Really? I think it, you do
7: have a big loss when you don't have quorum anymore for the rest of the year. So that one's going to sting for the Wolves in the long run. But I'm still going to take Michigan over Purdue for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, George, any problems with Michigan?
5: Um, I think Michigan wins. I think it's going to be a close game because they they just won their Super Bowl. I don't think they're yeah. going to be there mentally. Yeah. So I, I think I think they'll they'll win, but okay. I think Purdue is going to give them a fight. It's going to be a very close football game. But I like Michigan to take care of business.
1: I'm going to kind of during commercial breaks flip over. To the AAC Championship Saturday, number twenty-two UCF with Gus Miles. It's like an it's like an SEC team that hit the transfer portal. Gus on, leaves Auburn, becomes the head coach at UCF. Bryce Plumley leaves Ole Miss, becomes the quarterback at UCF. But they're taking on the mighty Roll Green Wave Roll, uh, the eighteenth ranked team in the country. If Tulane wins this game, they go to a they go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Tulane or UCF, James Mesh.
7: I'm gonna still stick with the Green Wave on this one. Uh, cause wait, who I forget who had won earlier in the season?
1: UCF won at
7: UCF. Tulane. That's true, and that and that was by one score as well. Ooh, I'm a, my initial does still stick with the Green Wave. So even though I do worry about a team being able to beat the same team twice in the same season, I'm to still
5: stick with Tulane for sure.
1: All right, the Tulane Green Wave, uh, George.
5: I like Tulane as well. I just think this is a special season. You know, they they've really? been they've been rolling, no pun intended. But uh <laughs> they 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 play well, man. This season's giving me Sean King vibes, Jordy. I, I just ah. I think they just keep it rolling and uh and, and they, they, they win and, and they'll go to New York New New Year's Eve six New Year's six bowl and Roll wave, man. Roll wave, baby. He you see me? It. I'm
1: rolling with the wave, baby. Give me the yes, green sir, wave man. to learn from the lessons from the first. Rice Plumley's a little banged up. The first game, he ran for like, I don't know, 200 and something yards. He was running like crazy. Not going to happen this time. Give me the green wave. Let's go down to the swack. A little snack in the swack. Southern at number five, Jackson State. Dion De- and their company killed the Jags in the regular season matchup. Um,. James Mesh, does Prime Time do it again and win another SWAC title? Uh, I don't know if I'm putting too
7: much into their one-point loss to South Carolina, but I don't know. I'm getting that feeling like I'm I'm getting a little more chaos vibes out of this. I'm kind of going with North Carolina. I'm going with the
1: Tar Heels. No, no, no. You weren't listening. You weren't listening. Southern. Oh, Southern at, at oh. Jackson State. I'm going
7: to go with Jackson State for sure.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Jay George Becknell. Prime time. But the Jags, big win man. over Grambling in the Dome.
5: They, they they definitely had a big win over Grambling in the Dome, Jordan. It's going to hurt me to say this, but, man, Jackson State is going to win this football game. <laughs> They're too fast on the edges. You know, I lost 50 bucks last time when I thought Southern was going to cover the spread <laughs> in Jackson. They got blown out by 35. You know, so – I think I think Jackson State's too fast. Now they'll lose in a bowl game, but they are not going to lose in the swag championship. So uh prime time gets it done.
1: Does uh is prime coaching uh Jackson State next
5: year? Yes. Okay. He's coaching Jackson State next year. Um I, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays at Jackson State for two more years. Okay. But he's not gonna be Jackson State's coach long term. Probably right. probably when his sons and his daughter gets out of school, he'll probably leave and go get a bigger job.
1: All right, James Mesh. Now we talk about the ACC championship. (laughs) Number nine Clemson versus number twenty three North Carolina. I've never pulled for, I've never wanted the Tar Heels to win one more than ever, (laughs) but I want them to win this one. What do you think?
7: Yeah, I I think I'm getting more chaos vibes out of this one. I'm going to go with North Carolina. I don't know if I'm putting too much stock into Clemson's one point loss to South Carolina, but I I just get those vibes that the Tar Heels are going
1: to win this one. All right. Um George.
5: Man, Jordan give me give me the team with the jump man on their shirt and the jaw cleats <laughs> over the team that, that has the bootleg debt valley. Clemson's been overrated all year, man. And I think give give, give my boy Mac Brown some props. He's go he's <laughs> go he's gonna win this one this, this week. Sorry, Dabo. Hey, give me the Tar heels.
1: Mac is gonna pass away on a sideline. Oh, A whistle around his neck. I'm telling you, the guy won't retire. Absolutely. He just yeah. keeps going. Good for Mac. I remember when Mac was the offensive coordinator at LSU way, 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 way back in the day. My goodness. He, yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, Clemson's lost two of four to fall out of the college football playoff uh hierarchy. North Carolina's lost two in a row since they clinched their division. Both teams quarterbacks were awful last week, but I still like the North Carolina freshman better than the guy that I can't pronounce his last name for the Tigers. So uh give me the better <laughs> quarterback, TJ Ujik what ukulele or whatever it is. I don't know. whatever. Try and spell that one. How would you like to be cursed as a kid and have that as your last name and have to spell that? I I mean, how many times? Oh, forget it. Anyway, give me the North Carolina Tar Heels to beat Clemson and to send Dabo. He made. you saw where he made everybody in the building secretaries. Um, Cafeteria workers, uh, the medical staff, all watched the game film from their last loss. Everybody had to sit there and watch
5: it. What the heck is that all about? Is he crazy? I mean, I mean, that's that's the typical uh, University of Alabama graduate right there. Foolish.
1: I know we talked about this just being some conference championship games, but James Saints Buccaneers Monday Night Football. What do you think?
7: I mean, I, have, I haven't been impressed with really most of the games, but especially not when it's a primetime game. Uh, I think the Bucks, even though they did lose, I, I still think they're going to win this game and take absolute control of this con- of this division and make it into the playoffs while the Saints maybe win two more games. Because I was looking at a pattern. They, they lose two, win one, lose two, win one. So lose to the Bucks, <laughs> beat the Falcons, lose to the Browns and Eagles, and then finish the season 6-11 by
1: beating the Panthers, I guess. That's, that's not a good uh, pattern there, but it's it's an accurate pattern. I'm with you. All right, George, you're always black and gold uh, tr- through and through. What do you think?
5: Jordan, I, I have seen nothing from the Saints <laughs> to let me know that they're going to win this game. Like Dennis Allen needs to be fired. I don't, I don't understand why he has a job. Pete Carmichael needs to be fired. I don't understand. <laughs> but you know what? They go win. They go beat the Buccaneers Uh just because nobody (laughs) expects them to. For no other reason, yeah, because they got Tom Brady's secret, and they they go out there, they go beat the Bucks, put themselves in the position to to have a shot for the division, and blow it. So they're gonna they're gonna go out there and win, but they're not going to the division.
1: Is is Cam Jordan playing on Monday? Yeah, he's playing. He's playing. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, boy. If you like offense, this is not the game to watch, in my opinion. Oh, is no. Lattimore coming back to play? That's the he's big. He's been practicing. Question. That's he's what practicing, like. so maybe maybe he plays and he he gets reacquainted with his boy Evans again. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's always fun to watch. Uh, it, it, golly, it's more
5: fun in the game.
1: Like your pattern, James, you talked about it's either feast or famine with An- Andy Dalton. I think I think it's time to feast. Uh, so I'm just going to throw caution to the wind. I, I kind of like your f- philosophy, George. They're going to they're going to keep keep us hanging on for dear life, and then they're going to fall flat on their face at the end. So give me the Saints to win Monday night. They're going to wear those black helmets. If they are, they going to wear black on black on black, black pants, black shirt. No, good.
5: So. So the NFL has a stupid rule that you can only wear alternate helmets with an alternate Jersey. So the only alternate Jersey they have are those white collar rush. Okay. So it's going to be white Jersey with the gold numbers, right? White pants, black helmets.
1: Okay. Ooh, I don't know if I like that.
5: They, were, want- in London. We'll they, they, were, they were all right. We'll but see. I can't
1: remember. I'll have to, uh, view my judgment, um, and, and Alvin Kamara can't have another game like that. So give me the darn Saints. George, have a good weekend, buddy. Thank you so much. James, you as well. We'll come back. We'll wrap this bad boy up with a couple of birthday wishes. Uh, after this final timeout, the Jordy Helper Show in the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one Lake Charles. You're home for the SEC championship-bound LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Sign
0: up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: All right, we're finishing things up, LSU Hoops, tonight. Uh, Hosting UT Arlington at 7 p.m. before they go on a, Final exam break. Uh, they're six and one, trying to get to seven and one. Again, let's play somebody with a pulse, please. Um, if today, Friday, December 2nd, is your birthday, well, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with, um, he's 39 today, Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. And from Louisiana, um, she's 41, Brittany Spears. Forty-one years young today. Um, special thanks to all of our guests: Corey Diaz, uh, talking high school playoffs; Larry Holder of the Athletic; Blake Topmeyer, USA Today Network; George Faust from KLFY; George Becknell, and James Mesh. Uh, we'll find out where everybody goes bowling, and we'll talk about that on Monday. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy it. It's the Christmas season. Get out there and celebrate it. James, thank you for everything. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to you, our partners that make it possible. Until Monday, God willing, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and, and be happy. It beats the alternative. So long, everybody.